I'm Lisa Bontesumi, and this is the Ath Mindset podcast series on sports epreneur. This podcast series is a space for conversations with athletes, coaches, practitioners, and stakeholders in sports. And it's where those individuals share their perspectives, experiences, and thoughts on mental health in sports. Eric Kazimoff of Sports Epreneur is generously hosting the Ath Mindset podcast series on his platform as he deeply believes that these conversations are essential and deserve to be prioritized. This is the Ath Mindset podcast series on Sports Epreneur. Sports Epreneur, the content platform where sports, entrepreneurship, and mental health collide. If you are looking to start a podcast or create original content, you have to talk with the team at Sports Epreneur. I work with them and I vouch for them. It's that simple. Go to sportse.io to learn more. Devontae, what's up? Oh, everything. How's your morning been? Well, it's afternoon there now, huh? Yeah, I'm really just getting into, like, I'm getting into my role, my practice has been practiced soccer. And then our goalkeeper, who's one of our captains, great guy. He leads like yoga every Wednesday. So it's just, well, today's Thursday. Sometimes he would do it Wednesday or Thursday. And I was like, yep, stay in here, do this. Took my time. I knew I had this podcast with you today. I was like, this is going to just put me into there nice and smooth. And I just couldn't wait. And it's, I couldn't ask for a better morning so far. Nice. Love yeah. it. You got your physical on and you got your yeah. mental game on. That's awesome. Yes. How's your day been? Good. I'm not wearing my roots gear today while we talk because I'm going to slide right into and wish me all the best in this panel discussion on the symposium I'm doing today on sexual assault and sports. Okay. All right. So I wish I had my hoodie on, but I don't. Ah, symposium. Where's that going to be? It's going to be online. It's through my professional organization, the Alliance for Social Workers in Sports. Love that. So it's not that long, but I'm like, because eh. I'm like, in person, I like to be like, duh, 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 walking around, talking, talking. And now I'm just like mm, looking at the slide that I didn't even make and then like talking. And it's just, it's not, it's not ideal for me, but I have to control the controllables. And that's when I can't. I love it. I love it. I mean, and then when you just start going and speaking and, you know, really touching on what you love to talk about, oh, it just goes, you know, so. That's going to be awesome that you get to share that with another group of people and just other people in general. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us what your projects are right now, like what you're working on. I know you're really deep into talking about athlete mental health and mental health just holistically for all humans. You've had your own journey. Let's talk about that. Yes. Projects. I mean, I think the easy way to answer that for me is that first project is myself, man, because I'm just a one project. So I start there every morning and then really now that working on myself helps me say, okay, what part of myself do I want to share today? And I think that's the ultimate project that I'm trying to piece together. And I, you know, getting a chance to speak to you every Wednesday of taking like my journal since I think I was, I started writing that at 17 or yeah, 17, 18. And that idea, just like other ideas come to me and that really harnesses okay, I want to have something to talk about and what should I build around? I told you about how that thought came to mind, then that's it. So now here we are leading into the end of this year. So why not continue to talk about it? Why not continue to write about it? Why not continue to just develop something that can turn into a bigger piece? 
So, I mean, that's really the easiest way to say that I'm not working on a lot of projects, but I'm really working on like a little bit of everything and trying to bring them together. Yes. So that's the best way without talking about, all right, this and that, but taking pieces of really writings, poetry and um, journaling, obviously, and then a lot of audio stuff too, and bringing that together and starting to reflect about myself within myself and really bringing that to a nice bigger picture. And then I think that's what I hope if that could be a book, if that can be a production of some sorts. And that's what I use production. So I hope that will be just beyond my imagination. So I'm just excited to just talk about it and say, this is where I come from. This is who I am. This is who I'm becoming. And this is the way I like to express it and just people enjoying it. I just like to give people a little bit of a taste of my world. And that's the best way I can do it. I love it. And that's everybody's privilege to have a piece of your world because, I mean, on paper, Devontae DeBose, professional soccer player, yada, 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 right? But you, I've learned, are very deep, emotional, spiritual human. And so when you say the project of working on yourself, that's not an ego thing. Like, I want everybody who's listening to be clear. That's not like, I want to just uplift myself and put myself here and there. Like you do it in service of others. Yes. I love that you touched on it that way. You kind of, you know, that's a great way of just about knowing how to always really nurture anything because that just really allowed me to, to narrow in on that's why I do it. Ultimately it's, it's for myself. But then when you grow, you know, when you grow through yourself, you really understand that everybody needs this. And then obviously when mental health, that word just really, I guess, sunk into me and community and sharing with others. I'm like, oh, there's some type of connection there. But then obviously when you take the mental health, that's when I dove into like, what does that word mean in itself? That became the learning process and the growth I became obsessed about, just about almost in the same ways I became obsessed about sport in general, like pushing my challenge myself. So it became a different challenge for the benefit of myself. Mm-hmm. And look, it brought me to you. So. I mean, I guess I'm doing something right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It brought us to each other, Devontae. Like, I don't believe in coincidences. I mean, I think that... Oh, no. Nope. Well, what does a Black man from Oakland, California, playing professional soccer, you have your own story. What does mental health mean to you? Everything, and it's a break everything down. It's understanding everything that I am connected to, everything that I was connected to because while I was always questioning my mother and that was just my curiosity was my identity. And as a black man, you're not going to get a clear answer. And sometimes that answer might come off as why are you asking? And when you have a young, sensitive heart, you might just say, oh, okay, I'm not, I don't have the answer, but sometimes you don't feel good when you're unsure of where you come from. So what it does is it creates a desire to know and that develops. And that's what kind of happened. I feel like that's the best way for me to explain a black man in Oakland and such a rich nutrient history that came from a lot of different places and from the Black Panthers to just the great migration, the industrial revolution that it served during after those wars and, and how that it created obviously an opportunity for people from the East to the South where my roots are from, from Louisiana, my great grandmother migrated to Oakland. And it was a place where most of more diversities and cultures came together, a place of opportunity, but it became a place that made me. And so I'm truly thankful that I think when I look up and I see so many individuals like myself, Damian Lillard, Gary Payton, a lot of our friends, my friends who play the sport are all 
from this area. And I've definitely touched on a few. I mean, I mean, we can go down the list, but I think there's something unique about the place, this place. And lots most would say, we'll look at it from a lens and say that it's a dangerous place. And to spin that on a positive note, I had to learn what that danger was. And that's where I really tapped into, I feel as though the, I would say the passionate side of myself and um, learn that Black Panther, if you're not standing firm with your freedom, right? And that's really what the Black Panther stood for. In a lot of different ways and perspective, it could look like they stood up for a radical they're fighting for in that time in those late 60s. It was the same thing we're fighting for today. You know what I'm saying? It's a, has it developed and progressed? Yes, because of that. But it's still a different version and amplified version of freedom and liberation. How we break down those liberations, the same thing I'm fighting for. So when you get that nutrient soil where you're from, I'm like, wow, it's inspirational. So I think that's why it adds to my desire and my hopes I have for myself. I said, if I'm doing this and this helps me, I know that it's going to do the same for others. You know what I'm saying? I have the proof. And so where I'm from, it does so much just for myself and my confidence and just where I'm going, my identity. Devante is so humble. I think that like, I need to say that you have experienced adversity interpersonally, in your environment. This isn't a story about you not ever facing that, a human not ever facing that. It's a human in the form of Devante who has faced it and has grown from it, has become from it, is still becoming from it. It's almost like the resilience that you have is because of it, not in spite of it. And I think that that is super important for people to hear because when you list off Damien Millard, yourself, coming from Oakland, like, oh, these are stars. But like, they're not born stars. And how do you define a star? Okay, a professional athlete, that's a star. But their human development is rooted in Oakland and all that it is and all that it isn't, depending on where you sit and what a group of people or population you're representing as you view it. But I can't go without saying that if, you know, when you're listening to Devontae, it's not like you've had a peachy keen life. Oh, hey, speaking of stars, you know how you actual stars are made. And you think about just in a, from a scientific or astrological approach, a star, what it's made of is a lot of energy. And you see a lot of lights. You can tell when the city is a city. You can even see this when you're on a plane. And when you're hovering over those bigger cities, you can see it almost the same way you can see the stars, same way the stars make up Ryan's Bell and and all the astrological symbols and, and so forth, really. And obviously, you know that those little stars are a bunch of lights. It's only a representation of the energy that's and of the people that's, that's in these places. What happens when a lot of these stars are making revolutions and making circles in this place? They're all trying to ask the same question and do the same thing. You're going to observe that energy. It's chaotic, right? And then you might even intertwine and intersect and combust. But people think about combustion in, in that type of form, you think, oh, it ends. But no, it creates more life. So we are all our stars, where we come from. You got some of the biggest, I'm not great with my stars, but I did look up, not gonna lie, I did look up. I spent like hours one night just like stuck on galaxies and um, uh-huh. stars, like Messier, I forget, but there are reputation of us. I'm not reading the names of these stars. I'm like, it sounds like talking about people. You know what I'm saying? So really just to bring back who I am, my identity, the place I'm from, the place we're all from, and stars and 
like what Damian Lillard is, and he felt as though he's another dog. And myself, I'm from Oakland, and I'm playing a sport that's not in from an immediate standpoint, that's not in the public eye, nor do we get paid the hundreds of millions of dollars they do. However, what do you have? You have people who's born amongst and come from a place that's been very dynamic. You know what I'm saying? So when you embrace that dynamicism, think two things can happen. You can too combust, right? You can too explode. You can too become a shooting star. There's a couple different variations of how stars break down and dissolve. But people don't understand the way they turn and co-create. And so the point is, I think we all, when we embrace like the space, the space we're from, yeah, we can understand how to our power within ourselves is that same space, those stars hold in space. So I mean, it's an exhilarating feeling when you talk about energy like that. So I just had to really bring that full circle. Awesome. You know, thanks for that. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised you read about some stars for hours. That's uh, like what Devontae does. <laughs> like, exactly. How do I see myself in these stars? Boom. How do I see other people? Let me learn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. When you're misunderstood, when you feel as though you're misunderstood and you always just had questions about everything, at the end of the day, you're going to find it or try to find it in the most places. And then when you figure out where it is, which is in here, you're like, whoa, I'm connected to everything outside there. That's amazing. Not everyone has the same evolution. <laughs> That you have and are going through. Why not? What do you mean? Yes, they do. What are you talking about? Okay, my bad. They're not in touch with it the same way that you are. Like, and that's a compliment. I got you, know me. (laughs) Who you are, this tender spirit, this sensitive man, and the sensitive black man, which is in some spheres stereotypically not correct. Oh, I love how you put that. The stereotype that we put, or that I want to say me, but I'm not included in that mainstream put on black men who are athletes it's not you and i need you to be seen for that yeah i don't think everyone can or has the ability to based on their own experiences their own upbringing their own trauma their own mental health how they even view it like mental health you see it very holistically very spiritually it's a part of you and you have no shame about it There's so many people out there that still do. And there's many, many, many conversations that include the stigma still. And that mental health still means mental illness. This conversation we're having right now is showing that that is not the case. Yeah. You know, that made me think about that next phase of a star. Every star has its time. Yep. We don't become aware of that time until it becomes a shooting star. Right. And sometimes we don't even see the stars that collide because they're light years away. But the ones we can see when we happen to look up in the sky are just letting us know that they're there. And then, you know, hence we became the word shooting stars. And I think it's like we're so unaware of and I was. And that's why I had to figure it out of why do I feel like I'm connected to something greater than myself? Yet I don't feel like that way from what I'm being communicated to and how I'm expressing myself. So I think in terms of, since what I can remember, I have been trying to do everything to try to understand that. And when you can understand it from a place not so far, which is within yourself, you then start to think about, well, just how small we really are. But I think that's an isolating place if you don't even know what that's like, if you don't know how to comprehend it. And knowing from how I dealt with, 
isolation or or that star where it's not dynamic and you're just getting information. You're just kind of getting energy, the same type of energy. Well, how are you ever going to figure out that all you can do, you can evolve and revolve around having and evolve your own energy. And I think I've been fortunate and lucky enough to have the ancestral energy that I had to figure out a way, the same way slaves had to figure out how Harriet Tubman had her visions and had to figure out routes that, so routes, right? So that she had to figure out ways to get across the terrain and how to draw maps and, and how to align the alliances along that way with Quakers and to navigate all the way to a safe place around doing that in the dark. I have to imagine just how brilliant we can all be. But that's the process, though. That's the figuring out. That's you get tired of it. That's you having something underneath all of it that says something's there that allows you to keep on going. Though. Because as long as I'm coming to asking the questions about who am I, where I'm going, really, what is this? There's always going to be an answer, for real. There's always going to be an answer out there. And I think soccer, how it approached me in my life, was one of those answers. And actually, the project that I'm working on, I kind of talk about what that one spot means to me. How little did I know, because my mom worked across the street from there. I was looking at this place, but then that, that spot always existed because as soon as I knew my father played football, was a great athlete, as soon as I saw Black men on the TV playing football, that spot was already, it set an expectation for myself, especially for me, for my dad, being a great athlete that he was, being a great athlete he was, but he's another of somebody who challenged himself and challenged that question uh-huh. and got him to the top of the country. He got him everything in his hand that he ever wanted to be the best running back in the world at Nebraska, one of the biggest institutions and being on the Heisman watch. And then guess what? A challenge came and it went from this from way at the top. That's a long way down. And he tore his ACL just like myself, his left ACL too, in a time where the surgery, just 20 years ago, the surgery was not like it was today. And this guy, he did will himself, but he did that in a probably not the most unhealthiest way. But I can't even judge at that time because you're dealing with so many things, right? And then I look at my mom, what she gives up with her, all her dreams and ambitions and where she comes from. And then she tries to help my dad with this one dream. And, you know, she had a dream that was extremely ambitious. But guess what? A star made a sacrifice. Another star was their ambition and their dream was taken away from an injury, yet an opportunity was still there. And then that the star's trying to uplift this one dream that they both held on to, that they both come from and desire. And it started crumbling down. And people would blame that crumbling, blame the dynamics and blame who wasn't there and blame the separation and blame why mom, this and that. But guess what? Decisions were made. I just always have to look at those and you think about like um, why I love to figure out where I come from. It's less about like me wanting to know so I can now be happy. It's more so about so I understand how they were feeling. What were they dealing with? Oh, if I was there, I wouldn't know what to do either. You know what I'm saying? And so because that's what it comes down to. How can I have compassion for myself? And I know that's all I need. So I think I'm thankful for that's how the sport. And really, I always think just the amount of the support that I've had. You know, I had a village. I think I was raised by a village for sure. And raised by just so many diverse cultures and so many different values, Lisa. And that's why Oakland is so it's special, right? You have a little bit of everything. And soccer is a diverse sport. And I was staying from one of my best friends, Nepalese, my coach, who I was following him around. 
And then if we're driving everywhere, I go to a talent. And no, we I co- uh, was a, a player on the, San Mateo, who my coach was Italian. And then I got a coach and my, my best friend's dad is English. I've literally, and I was like, oh, you never, and when you think about where you come from, this sport has allowed me to come from a place of diversity, but also experience helped me expose me to culture. Yeah, exactly. You know, more people. So I definitely think that's, you know, Lisa, I definitely have to give credit to just the exposure in terms of culture. And I think when you're able to experience that, you have a great understanding about, you don't really start to see colorless and you start to really make you keep your eyes off of just color with labels. And you actually start to get into the feeling behind it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, what you're touching on is a lot. I mean, you're talking about your parents, their journeys, your ancestors, their journeys, how they impact your journey and your ongoing journey. I mean, how soccer has helped shape you by introducing you to people, other people that you maybe would have never had the chance to meet if it wasn't for soccer. And all those things together and who you are and your own individual curiosity about who you are leads you to your why, leads you to your purpose, and is the thing that I know guides you every day. How would you describe your why and how you manifest working towards it every day? Uh, I love that question. The best way for me to, man, to understand things is to put it in like a, a metaphorical or an analogy really like an analogy. I need a nice book. I need the pages. I need the visual. I'm a vivid, I'm a kinesthetic learner. Uh So just like a GPS, a navigational system, satellites exist like just about 64 or 70. And they're constantly, they're all throughout the plains of our globe. They're there because within those satellite systems is they monitor and they track where we are. Everything uses a satellite location. They it shoots off and it's constantly getting information. It's going back and directly to a receiver. And there's like 64 of those. And every about decade, they evolve into making the location more accurate and more quicker in time. So guess what? We depended on a system of telling where to go and where to be for a long time. Because once they get the coordinates, right? You look at your phone, you type in where you need to go. All you're doing is looking at your phone the whole time. Right. But you ever shut it off and then try to get to where you're going, you're going to get frustrated before you think about pulling out a map again. I had a moment with myself and, and I like to challenge myself because I'm like, all right, so before navigation existed on our phones for our cars, it's been existing in all different technologies and everything that we've been doing. However, it existed and for people in our hands and in our cars, not so recently. And now every time we want to go somewhere, that why right? All we got to do is search it, type it in, and they'll take us there. We become less so unaware of the geographical locations. Okay, turn left, go north, turn left right here. You actually remember like the visions of the place. So when that goes away, you become dependent on something else. So I say all of that to say, oh, we have our own navigational system, right? We have our own satellite system that needs evolving and upgrading and information. You know what that's called? That's the work that we have to do with ourselves. That's our connection and our spirituality and our mental health, our communication system, the same way it works in space, our communication system. So again, you can easily get flustered from not knowing your way, not knowing where to go. Okay, now I need somebody to tell me to go this way. But think about it. Okay, so if I had to rely on myself, how would I do that? How would I get to where I'm going? Well, I have to ask a question first. 
Then I have to figure out the information. I have to figure out why. All right. So you continue to ask that question and figure it out. You may become frustrated, but that's when you have those satellites saying, okay, how do I feel here? You're doing a lot of reflection. What really you're doing is you're dealing with yourself. You're actually talking to a bunch of almost emotional parts of yourself, your rational parts of yourself, trying to just great, gain a great understanding the next coordinate. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? You become aware of the location, right? You now, you know, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, I know how to, let's take a shortcut over here. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know this, like, <laughs> oh, so, you know, all uh-huh. the colors, they know, you don't even need mm-hmm. a GPS. They know it like their backhand, right? Next thing you know, you know yourself like your backhand. Somebody's telling you, oh, no, you got to go this. I'm like, listen, I've been down that way. It closes on Sundays because I've been there and I've seen it. It's because you've been aware. You've been there before. You checked in, right? You checked in your navigation system. You're constantly evolving those places because you're asking those questions and you're referencing back to those places. Yep. Yep. Right? yep. So that works. The same technologies that exist out there exist within ourselves because we're that great. We combine that same connection, those connections. Yes. yes. So I say all that when you ask me, how do I go about that? Why? I start there. I say, okay, well, what am I feeling? Let me try to get inspired. Let me read. Let me listen to something that can say, how do I feel right now in this moment when I wake up? My devotionals, activities that allow you to express yourself and make you not make you, but help you put something down that was from within yourself on a paper and say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay, cool. And what you've done is you set the tone for where you're going next. But really, Lisa, you release yourself and your anticipation, your anxiety of where you have to go. But also you're starting to tap into the fears and that's actually going in inside a little more information work. And that lies within your inner childhood. So when you just do a little bit of work and then you release yourself, that's called peace. So I do this for myself because I get a great sense of peace. But also, guess what? It keeps me very creative. It keeps me, Lisa, I want to go ask some more questions. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, we never arrive, right? Yeah. We never arrive. I love the navigation GPS analogy. And you know what I was thinking about the whole time? What? I was like, not only is there navigation within us, but this is the theme of our talk. People have used the stars to navigate. Yes, right. And here we are again, back to the stars and the beautiful way our universe and nature are just all connected. Yes. I love that. See, look, you brought the stars back in. You know what the GPS stands for, by the way? What? Geographical positioning system. Mm. Positioning. Position is one of my favorite words besides you words. You know what I'm saying? Besides understanding, besides that word. Yep. Positioning, geographical positioning. So what is my internal positioning system? And then for you to bring stars, right? We look up at the stars, the North Stars and, and whatnot. Look at that, what we had. And then so if we go back in this podcast and, and get the actual, the understandings of what those stars mean, you're like, oh, all I need is to ask somebody, ask somebody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but look about that. When you want to go to Chicago, you're going to make it happen, right? But when you want to go to a place that you never imagined, you're not going to ask nobody because that's not a question that's asked all the time. No, no. And then we're fearful of judgment. We're fearful of judgment. You know what I call these things that we get when we come into this world? Dreams. So in order to chase a dream, there's going to be a lot of questions. You cannot help yourself ask a question if you're chasing a dream because other stars out there are going to try to tell you, hey, I, well, I've tried to have done this, man, and 
But then you might get upset. But then over time, as long as you chase that dream, you, those questions get you somewhere and you believe, right? You, you start to realize that, oh, maybe I should follow my way. You're inspired by others. And that's the thing. You're actually inspired by others, but you're, you're listening to yourself first so that you now can understand what's being communicated to you, right? So now you can say, ah, thank you. You're not saying, nah, no, never mind. You're saying, ah, oh, but you're listening to what you need, right? And then you're saying reflecting and then using it for yourself, but all the leading with yourself and feeling good about that. Yep. I mean, you work really hard to keep your environment and what you're exposed to really healthy, for lack of a better word. There's lots of opportunity for distraction to come in, for negativity, toxicity, things like that, that can interfere with your position, with your energy. How do you deal with that? How do you cope with those things? Amen. Well, at least I have to ask myself a question. I, when I'm in that position, I'm like, okay, because if something's making me feel a type of way, let's use that, right? I'm saying, mm, all right. To understand that position I'm in at that moment, why am I, why am I feeling like this? Even me coming to the question, it already releases me because now I'm like, okay, this is a new challenge. So already you're releasing to me a challenge of my competitive self. And it actually releases me from the frustration in that moment, right? The reaction as much. Maybe I get a half reaction. I'm like, you know, you might be quiet or however you react. But for me, I'm more so I'm not a, I don't react unless I'm in the game. I'm playing soccer and I'm as passionate as they come. However, if I've reacted, not to take this off tangent, but if I reacted and I said something that could almost, yeah, a player might be like, damn, that was a little harsh. Even if I think that, my heart starts to feel that actually. And then my mind grabs that and says, let's think about it. And I can't help that, Lisa. I know. I literally can't. Uh-huh. But then I'm saying, okay, I cannot worry about that. I have to release myself and get going. We call that ruthless. I, stop, I call that mindfulness until, and then come back to it when I'm done. So keeping it on the field, because I feel like this is the, a more the easier way to congest my point of why am I in this position? Why am I feeling that way? So if I said something in my, I'm thinking at this point, ah, I don't know if I should have said it like that. Maybe he's going to react and take it personally because I know I would have maybe perhaps. And that's what it comes to. You don't overthink it, but you say, ah, something happens there. I said something, so he's going to listen. So I say, yo, I want to tell you what I meant when I reacted this way. I had high expectations for myself and you because I know that you usually do this or that. I said, but that's on me. That's just, Obviously, we're on the same team. We want to win. But he's like, no, it's all good. Literally, you know, you're like, no, it's all good. But I said, no, I'm just telling you, I had to get that. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. He's like, no, I I appreciate that. Yeah. It's not even for him, really. I need that release for myself after the fact, because I learned how to deal with it. And that's a whole nother topic in itself, learning how to deal with it and moving on, not, not harboring on it and thinking about it too much and saying, okay, I need to finish where I'm at right now. And then having the mental muscle to come back to it. Yep. The discipline. The discipline. Yeah. The yeah. discipline. Exactly. And commitment to yourself for your own evolution, right? The ongoing exactly. involvement. Right. And then again, it all works out for both of us because he's like, okay, yeah, like it's all good. But no, I feel you. You know what I'm saying? And then I feel like that's really how you build chemistry when you're telling people, like you're actually doing your best to explain what you feel. Because there's some type of connection and bond that happens there. And really, it's just a sense of, Okay, thanks for taking the time to explain that. Yeah, I mean, it's a human heartfelt moment between two men. 
Yes, exactly. And that helps. For me, that builds culture, that builds trust. And I think that's for me why I try to do that on the field. And that's what I do off the field with myself and my peers, you know, my relationships, because I don't owe it to them. And that's what I had to understand. But yeah, I don't owe it to them, right? I owe it to myself if I want to continue to set those goals and intentions that I set. Becoming. 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 I know that you coach little ones. And I know that's super important. Mm-hmm. How do you see that? I'm going to say responsibility because I know that's how you view it. How do you see that responsibility of coaching and the role that you have in little spirits, little souls developing as humans? Like, how do you bring yourself and, and who you are to the coaching position day in and day out when you interact with these little ones? Mm. Baby stars. Yeah. Because mm. I'm coaching today, like that really ends my day. But, it, you know, it actually begins, begins the moment where I step into my full, like, inner child. And I'm, like, having full conversations with these kids. They're, like, four or five and six years old, a few sevens in there. You know what I'm saying? And as they gain a rationale, they start to become, I think they call it smart, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they try to test you, like, the other day, this girl. And you can tell me this is where their creativity, though, or their genius, though, I can tell, right? Sometimes it comes out through humor and expression, right? And through, through jokes and asking questions that are framed as jokes. And she says, she touches her nose and she's like, what am I touching, right? My nose, right? She's trying to distract you. And she's like, what am I touching now? Like my ear. And she goes, like, what am I holding, right? So already you're already in a, almost in a pattern. And then you say, uh, air. It's like, nope. And then she goes, nothing. And you go, ah. And then... Ah, oh, I forgot the first part. She was like, what's your name? That's what it was. What's your name? And then you tell her your name and then she does the, the nose. Okay, the oh, okay, and okay. The hand, and then she says, nope, nothing. And she's like, Devontae knows nothing. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. No, she, she like, didn't. Okay. Devontae knows nothing. I was like, that's good. That's good. And then, you know me, this is my ballpark. So I love to interact because, you know, that's her form of, all right, I gotta. I'm gonna get somebody. I'm gonna win here, you know. But I come back <laughs> right. with her. I'm gonna set you up. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, ooh, sister, you don't know who you're messing with, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> so I do the same thing. So she asked me my name again. I said I don't have one, right? Because she actually did that joke to my friend. She asked me next. I said I don't have one. And then she said, "What do you mean? What's your name?" I said, "I don't have one." She said, "Would you just tell me?" I said, "I already told you. <laughs> my name's I don't have one." <laughs> I said, "Gotcha." <laughs> you should have saw her face. You should have saw her face like she's been defeated. You know what I'm saying? And that's my point. Wow. It's like, because we're looking to win, you know, if we're taught that, right? It doesn't matter what form it comes in. It doesn't matter if it's aloofness, jokes. It doesn't matter if it's an actual game. Like my father, I come from a competitive environment. Talk about my mom. My mom's a baller too. My mom wins, I would call it mentally. My mom was a winner. When you think about entrepreneurship, it's a winner's mentality just to encompass just like the mindset you have to have to really be successful in a business where you depend on people for survival. The same way I need my teammates. I need to win my 1v1 battles. I need to get past people. I want to score a goal. I need to not let this person buy me if I want to keep my job, essentially. So I am one to win, right? 
And you think about that exists when we get here, but we have to understand where that exists. And I think when I look at my, my children, like I look at my kids, I'm looking at these little baby stars, right? They're starting to gain, I really call them primary colors. I wrote about this yesterday. I call them primary colors, blue, yellow, and red. They're these primary colors. They come in here with these colors. But by the way, we're the only ones that gave them red, blue, and yellow. They're just, I just call them primary, right? They're your first, what you come into this world with, is right? And they're reacting to these other primaries, right? Yeah. And it's my job to tell them how colorful they're being. I'm saying, hey, I shouldn't react and say, hey, get over here now. Why did you push him? Say sorry to him. Go sit down, go over there, right? Because now I'm being colorful. I'm more so a red, right? Passion, right? I'm using a little bit of this because I'm aware, like I can talk to you about that, but what's happening is, and this is happening all day on the field, really. And they're, they're really just having a bunch of time. They're trying to figure out. They're asking questions with the ball. It doesn't look like soccer. It just looks like question marks everywhere. Uh-huh. And, but then there's pushing. People get curious. Oh, I can show the bump. Oh, I love they. Uh, I think that's where I discovered slide tackling because now I'm seeing why kids. I'm like, ooh, these are some good slide tacklers. Yes. <laughs> but he's really curious. He loves like sliding and then like, you know, getting the ball. I'm like, look at this guy. He might hurt somebody. And then I said, if it gets close, I'm going to tell him. I said, hey, I give him a warning. I said, hey, let's try to stay on our feet if we can, okay? And, and sometimes to get that curiosity, and he does it, I can be like, hey, God, I just tell you. You know, but really, he's expressing. He's being curious, and he's being these, his primary colors at the yard, right? And then we have something called secondary colors. That's if you mix the blue and the red, you get purple, you get the blue and the yellow and you get green and then you get the yellow and red, you get orange, right? They say, hey, you know, if you mix, if you do this and that, you're going to get other colors and the kids are learning what to do. And these kids are always trying to do that. So I have to look at it as I'm teaching them how to, I have to one, help them understand their own colors, right? That we all come from the same primary color source and he's no different from you. Because when, when somebody gets pushed or they're all attached to that, that ball. Like, you take my ball, you kick their ball away, they've had it. And so that goes to show you we all got attachment, you know, issues, you know, at a young age. And that's learning too, right? That's something that we actually can't change. That's something you have to just understand about what are we attached to. And I feel like that's my job as a coach. And, I, and after I left yesterday, I actually recorded this. I said, wow. You know, that's a simple way of understanding it, of just how I approach my kids when a I say when a paint spill or whatever you want to call it, a paint spill or Jimmy took the paintbrush and so on and forth. I say, hey, I'm trying to tell them, right? And that's my best way to kind of articulate, well, it's my job to be the instructor, the instructor. And how can they use their inside, those primary colors, right? Understand himself, to understand the other people who have the same colors too. And then, hey, maybe if you mix a little bit of this with a little bit of that, we all might get a little bit of green, get a little bit of blue, get a little purple. Now you got a rainbow. Oh, now they're all happy again. Now they're going to go play, right? So I'm supposed to help them realize, look, we got to help each other, learn from each other so we can create more art, go create. And then it's happy. And that's it. That's all, that's all my job is. I got to be creative to not, you know why I really love Elisa? Because you know I love Winnie. You know why I really love it? Because these kids are so good at trying to get me to like react. I tell you, some of them. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. 
I'm like, oh, all right, how do I do this? How yeah, do I- and you winning is not letting that happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> Those little kids aren't going to get over on you, Devonte. That ain't going to happen. No, but it happens though. It does, and I and I love it. And I'm like, man, look at this. I'm like, I look at him. I'm like, look at you, man. I'm like, look at me. You know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> so yeah, sweet, for, for so that, sweet. I may be tired some days, but ultimately. Those are the greatest lessons. Going back to my primary colors. Yeah. We can get lost because we've been taught what colors to make. And next thing you know, there's, I don't even know how many colors there are, at least in the color palette. But guess what? They all came from the primary colors. They all came from the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're stuck on the magenta blue elite seven, <laughs> four, five, seven. I'm like, really? oh, that's really blue, red, right? And yellow. <laughs> but then you think before that, white, black smaller elements you put those together guess what you get you get all of those colors mm. you get all of those colors if you just take white black right because if you add white to those colors you make it newer the more so vibrant we call these colors but i don't even like to use these words because we made those words sound extremely positive and then if you mix the black with those same colors you get darker colors right but if you look at it as all we're doing is producing color. Yeah. Producing signals, the same way I use for my kids, like for cognitive engagement. And that's why I love to develop. I love to develop the imagination and then the emotional intelligence by using colors as signals. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, all colors, we put a name on the color and colors help, you know, obviously from studying is it helps them. Some parents, I don't know, they take whatever form they want, but I've heard a few like they use colors to, you know, hey, Timmy, hey, if they're three-year-old, they only can tell, they only just start learning color. So they might describe anger as red or they might describe this. Even then, we won't get into it, Lisa. Even then, that's still kind of like... No, I know. It's the labeling. It's the labeling. They learn how to label the simple things from the beginning. And then they grow up labeling stuff. Woo. Then it turns into a billion. Now they become so confused because they got, well, look at that. All it is colors, but it comes from what? It comes from the same, that same color. And we all are the same. We make up primary colors, but we, we mix and we told what to mix with to get this. Exactly. And then we're told what it means. And we're told what it means. Exactly. And how we're supposed to feel about it. Mm. But, oh my God, I can't wait to meet these kids when they're maybe 10 or 12 and like looking back and being like, how Devante helped shape them. Like what? That's the study. So like, even when we were together, that's my form. Like, that's my form of study. When uh-huh. we're able to be useful, that's data and research. Like that's sociology to its economical core. To that's really the small fibers of everything. You know, whether you call it socioeconomic, sociology, psychology, all worked into emotions, right? To our heart. So if we're able to take two generations, or even just one generation, and even just one year, like a corporate, you can't begin to do that unless you have a one revolution of business. Yep. Then we're able to compare. Same thing applies, but guess what, Lisa? We have to understand all those 8 billion colors have to come. We have to understand the primary colors and before those primary colors, which is just the same thing, and be able to explain every little mixture. And we can't. We can't. But all we can do is try to do our best to understand what those are. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. That's research. I love doing stuff like that, Lisa. That's what I do. I love doing stuff like that. You are one of a kind, Devante. We have like two minutes left. Is there anything else that you want to make sure we capture today or anything you want to comment on before we say goodbye this time? 
Yeah, well, I was going to say, you said one of a kind. You're one of a kind. We're two of a kind. This is probably, I don't know. I just want to let people know who's going to be watching this. You got a legend right here. We're literally legends right here. We're first to do many things and not the last. Those who look back at this, I'm setting it tone from one year from now, two, three, four, five, is going to understand that. You know what I'm saying? Those who come to you or I, right? Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm really speaking of just, again, we're going to see how this impacts. This is only being just another representation of how words, how feeling, how understanding, how interpersonal skills, how interacting, how communication, why asking questions is okay, is needed, right? For this one reason right here. So I just want to let everybody know and to say, you know, it's okay to wonder. It's also okay to wonder within that wonder and say, well, what is this? It's okay to ask a question about anything. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how we try to understand what you're actually imagining about and where it comes from. You know what I'm saying? So ask questions. I love saying that. Ask questions. Yes. Of yourself and others, right? Yes. Yes. Keep that inquiry going. So, oh my gosh. Thanks, Devontae. I appreciate it. I mean, we're going to be talking, but thanks for taking the time in this special way to share space with me, be with me, and just enlighten folks who are going to listen to this. Thank you. I appreciate you for making this space possible. Thanks, Devante. All right, Lisa. Take care. I'll see you. One of my favorite things about our Sportsypreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sportsypreneur. Thank you for listening to this CadSource production, the Sportsypreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Sportsypreneur is a content platform, a collaborative team, and a marketing brand that is all about showcasing leaders and difference makers in and around the world of sports. While we create our own content, we also create content with you. This includes collaborative content and exclusive content for your brand. Think podcasts, blogs, social media, and overall content strategy. Our sports content marketing team is specifically niche for those in the sports industry. That includes sports businesses, athletes, managers, coaches, trainers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders in the sports market. The bottom line is we want to help with your sports-related brand, your content marketing, and your story. Connect with us on Instagram at sportsepreneur or find us online at sportsepreneur.com. Sportsepreneur, the content platform where sports and entrepreneurship collide.